Right, welcome to episode 11 of the Hop Edition podcast. Uh, Tricky is currently suffering a crotch fruit and sold house, need to move, need to set everything up again issue. So I have a special guest who is with me today. He's he's a very, very special, he's a special man. He is a special special man. If you've seen his hairline, he's a very special man. Um, It's almost as bad as mine. Uh, he's Scottish, but don't hold that against him. There will be subtitles. There won't really, but um, it's Andy Lynch, who is one of the guys who I lent on really heavily when I was doing my electric brewery build. And Andy is a really nice guy who drinks a lot of beer and is constantly taking a piss out of everyone. So he's a perfect fit. He's basically the antithesis of Tricky. And here he is, Andy Lynch. Take it away. How are we doing, guys? Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks for thanks for inviting me along to the the podcast tonight. It's uh, really good. And yeah, looking forward to discussing about gas and electric brewing and all the different types of systems. And yeah, just yeah, sounds sounds right up my street. And when I heard you in the last podcast, we're talking looking for special guests. I was straight on to to offer my services should you say so, well it, it's nice to have you here andy because as i said i lent on you a lot and you you genuinely gave me some information that i don't think i would have found elsewhere so cheers yeah. for that mate no, that's but, no bother. But, but but before we go into any of that stuff we we have a system on this podcast the first thing that i need to know is what you're drinking mate so it's the India Pale Lager, which is actually something I learnt lent on you a little bit as well. Uh, I was messaging you because I know you says you do a lot of IPLs. So I was looking at my dry hop rates, and you just said, "Just, just whack it up." <laughs> That's the Timmy approach. More is better. Yes. So I'm sure I, I didn't go as high as you said, but yeah, I did. I did push it up a little bit. So it's a kind of, it's a Amarillo and Citra. It was based on Caesar Augustus, uh, which is a Williams Brothers, uh, sorry, it's a Williams Brothers lager as such. And so I kind of based it on that and then kind of did my own thing. So it's got, basically it's got Amarillo and Citra as the kind of main dry hops and it's just tangerine juiciness, which is good. It's all about the tangerine. Um, it. It's in everything. Tangerine, I swear to God, it's in everything. But yeah. Uh, so, what's the grain bill on that beer, then, buddy? Okay, I, so I managed got... to catch him there just as he was taking a drink. <laughs> so I've got best pills, three point three kilos. I've got four hundred and forty grams of Vienna, and then I've got two twenty grams of melanoidin, and that is it basically. So, so it was nice no mu- simple. No Munich. Nope. No Munich. Vienna. I- I always find if I'm doing a Vienna Lager or or even an IPL in general, they always seem to benefit on that multi flavour from a little bit of Munich. Not much, four or five hundred grams as part of your grain bill, but it always seems to benefit really good from that. That's that's just obviously my my taste buds. That has that been fine? You gelatin that, didn't you? I did. I you did. That. I thought a, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit, but. It tends to, my laggers do tend to drop clear anyway, and I did use, I think was it Protoflock? Yeah, I used half a Protoflock as well, just to help along. 
You see, what we've got here is somebody who's organised, unlike me and Tricky. He's actually got the recipe at the side of him. I can see him looking at it. Yeah, yeah. Me and Tricky just wing it off the top of his heads, and Andy's come. He's all prepared. He's, he's bringing a whole new level of professionalism to the podcast. I've got, I've got a Timmy book. <laughs> I've got a Timmy book as well somewhere. I just don't know where. That, see, see the see these books. It, I think see when if you get one, it definitely helps with your brewing. And I think uh, repeating, see to repeat your brews as well. Moving, it's just really good. They are, and they're pretty cheap, and yeah, they're really well laid out. And mm-hmm. to be fair, if your computer crashes or Brewfather goes corrupt or you lose your Beersmith files or whatever, you've always got it written down. So what I've taken to doing with my book is I will always write down those recipes that are an absolute keeper. If a recipe is an absolute keeper, it gets written down. And I think I've got nine in my book. They're the brews that I tend to just churn out on a regular basis. So I'm presuming you're doing the same thing. See, I'm I'm trying to get a... I like doing lots of different beers. So believe it or not, I've probably only been brewing since end of 2017. Right? Wow. Yeah, right. And so I'm one of these people that just goes right into hobbies and goes deep. So you know how, you know all those textbooks? Was it grain, yeast, water? Uh, see all those? I've read them all, right? <laughs> I've read them. Oh dear. I, I've got the, you know the, IP, uh, the IPA book? You know the, the white covered one? Mm-hmm. It goes into all the juicy uh, kind of NEPA type stuff. Read that, that. That's, that's the one by Scott Janish. Yeah, that that was incredible. That te- that teaches you all about your whirlpooling and your temperatures. How it's, you know, the different temperatures kind of change the flavour and stuff. So you don't want you might not want to just go eighty degrees. You could do it eighty five and ninety and stuff like that. He was saying. I found sixty five to be the best for me. Sixty five. Mm. Oh wow. Thirty five minute whirlpool at sixty five seemed to work better for me. Oh wow! Okay. It it was just about the right level to extract all the oils and everything, but it didn't really give me any kind of bitterness at all, which was really nice. Because I, I'm a firm believer in the, um, especially with the IPLs, specifically with the IPLs, I'm a firm believer in a in a, a bittering edition. Not necessarily yeah. a huge one. What a sixty minute. Yeah, sixty minute. Yeah, see, I'm the same. So always. Try and get about ten IBUs. Yeah, it's a decent uh, baseline. Yeah, because a bitterness at sixty minutes compared to a bitterness in a whirlpool or dry hop is totally different. I feel it is. It, it like it, the way they, it gets you on your tongue. I always like that, just that little hit on the tongue of a of a you know a sixty minute addition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I yeah. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. And I've gone completely the opposite end of the spectrum with my beer. I'm drinking the Hokum Stomp. (laughs) (laughs) So whilst he has this fruity, wonderful, clear, light, refreshing, crisp IPL, I have this flavour, malty bomb sitting in front of me. And my Hokum Stomp, because I was missing enough it's bramling cross they use isn't it yeah it was yeah i was missing bramling cross so i used centennial instead and i'm very very glad that i did okay so like a kind of grapefruit pine no more um hedgerow little bit of fruit okay kind of like berries that kind of thing Um, that's what the brambling does it gives you that kind of hedgerow sort of uh, raspberry sort of yeah yeah 
it's it's not massively deep, you know, it, but it is definitely there. But I'm that, finding yeah. that the overwhelming flavour that I get from this is that aromatic malt, that biscuity oh. kind of almost Sup- bourbon biscuit kind of flavour. It's super caramel, I mm. found. Uh, it's kind of slightly roasted, very creamy with the oats and stuff, and just a biscuity thing, yeah, with the... What was in that again? I'm just gonna look it up. Here we go. He's got the book with him, so we're gonna yeah. we're gonna have a we're gonna have a flick back to the Hokum Stomp. That's beast him. Hokum Stomp. Is it the Oh cat do you know what? The aroma malt. So yeah. I didn't have aroma, but I used cara aroma and I was tasting them all, right? All the malts, just to taste them, right? As you do. As you do. And the cara aroma was just like, oh wow, this tastes amazing. Have you had Uncrushed Vienna. No, no. Uh, would have. Possibly. Buy a kilo of uncrushed Vienna. Don't crush it. Stick it in a bowl. Put it at the side of your computer. And just eat that. Perfect nibble food. Telling you. So all my all the malts I buy, I always buy them uncrushed. So I buy them whole. Mm. Because then that way they keep longer as well. Suppose, like, there's a bit of science. I don't know. that. But I'm, basically, I'm, still, I'm still using crushed malts from 2018, so... Yeah, exactly. So there's probably not a much to it. But what I do like about crushed malt, malt is I can crush the hell out of it. So, yeah. I'm right there with you on that one, mate. Um, yeah. So we've done what we're drinking. We're 10 minutes in. <laughs> we're wasting yeah. time yet again. <laughs> yeah, let's, um, get this. let's get into this. So today we are going to be talking about, because um, as I've already said, I lent on Andy like real deep when it came to setting up my all-in-one custom craft beer pie control brewery um, or brew pot. It's not really a brewery. It's a brew pot. And basically Andy's just told me that his first foray into the electric brewing world was his craft beer pie build. Now, before he jumps in, I'm going to say this. If the Scottish accent in any way makes you fall asleep, for God's sake, take Pro Plus and drink coffee whilst you're watching Andy's videos because my mum was Scottish and my mum... I haven't seen her for a very, very, very long time, but my overriding memory of my mother is when she spoke, I fell asleep. And I did. Every time. It was just, it's the lilting tones. So, you know, I've had a can of Red Bull and a couple of Pro Plus before I came down to the shed because <laughs> I knew that the Scottish accent was probably going to get me. But Andy's videos are really, really good. They're really good, if you like the word, er. Uh. Um, so don't don't be afraid. Just, just, just watch Andy's videos. They will explain everything that you need. And the only other thing that I'm going to say, and I will probably repeat this a few times through the podcast, do not buy cheap SSRs. It yeah. will cost you money in the long run. Go to BrewPie. BrewPie or RS and buy legit SSRs. Ones that can solid state relay. Ones that can be activated with 3.3 volts. Okay? Yeah. Because otherwise you're in for a whole world of shit with a whole other step between stuff and it's going to get very complicated very quickly. But... Over to you, Andy. You talk about your your first foray and what you actually came up against when you first moved into the electric brew world. <clears throat> okay, yeah, so 
If you watch any of my old videos, basically what happened was I was brewing on a central burner gas in the kitchen and I really wanted to try and get a bit of control into my brewing and get better temperature control and because my background, I'm, in a, I'm an electrical engineer, design by trade and I did a degree in electronic engineering as well I thought, you know what? I understand how electronics work and it was really something that kind of caught my attention and what it was was I don't know if you if you guys remember the old fart brew uh, old fart brewery or brewing yeah the old God fart. rest him legend God rest absolute red uh, legend he he put a video up about this uh, the craft beer pie and I was like this is amazing he's controlling it remote I think he was in his living room or something and he's on his iPad or whatever and he can set temperatures and stuff and I thought you know what I quite fancy this so yeah I ended up getting a Raspberry Pi and played about with that and then started buying all the kind of gear and I thought Do you know what this would be a brilliant video because I think it was really missing on YouTube there wasn't that many build videos as such and so I thought that'll be really good kind of quite interesting and so, yeah, that's when I kind of started my path on doing that. It's not overly complicated once you get into it either. Yeah. It's a really simple build. It's not difficult in any way, shape or form. Um, it's all about, and I use this word a lot when it comes to brewing, it's about being logical. Yeah. And, and twofold in that, because there's obviously logic involved in circuits and whatnot, but just following a straightforward path, and if something looks wrong, chances are it's going to be wrong it's yeah. it's that straightforward and if you can you know crimp something onto the end of an appropriately sized wire and plug it into an appropriate port then you can pretty much build your own brewery the only scary part for me was i'm using a <laughs> 32 amp line and yeah. i did i didn't want to risk you know fires and all sorts of stuff like that so I've actually included an extra layer of security within my build, which Andy sort of commented on. He said, you know what, that's a really good idea. Yeah. Um, and it is, because it's, it's an extra layer of safety within that. But for me, logic is the true basis of being able to build your own craft beer-powered electric brewery. Yeah, I think when I first started mine, I wanted it to be portable, because I was brewing in the house, and I just wanted to plug it in a socket and then turn it on, and then I could move it to the other side of the kitchen if I wanted to, and do it there. So mine was all based off a kind of 13 amp socket, and a 2.4 kilowatt element, initially. And it's stayed that way since. So my, like you were saying, all your kind of protection, you've got a 32 amp. My protection was just literally, I put an RCD in, so that if I do get electrocuted, it's not going to kill me, you know? <laughs> And I had I had an RCD kicking about from my, my previous house that I had. So, yeah, an RCD, if anyone doesn't know it, it detects if there's a leakage current going out. So if it sees that difference, it just kills the power. And it's all designed I'm around... I'm sorry yeah. for the crinkling on my end. I'm just getting something out to show Andy. Because What's this? he's going to chuckle when he sees this one. But um, I, I don't know if you can see it on the camera. Can you see what that says? Five something. Come on, focus kilowatts? in. 
It's five and a half kilowatt two inch triclamp element. Jeez, oh. Um the element that they actually sent me from China, when it turned up, um there was a load of damage on it and stuff like that. And yeah. I sent him an email saying, Look, this has arrived, it's all damaged and it was just slightly bent out of shape and the guy who I spoke to from the actual shop just went, No problem, we'll send you another one. Yeah. And literally a week later a five and a half kilowatt arrived. And I'm like, I don't need five and a half kilowatts. (laughs) You know, by this point, I'd already done my first brew on four and a half kilowatts. And it's like, I could probably brew a hundred, hundred liter brew on five and a half kilowatts. So it it was quite amusing. But yeah, I got one of them and it's arrived and it's sitting there and it's, it's a spare now. If ever I decide I'm going to do, you know, ridiculous brewing or whatever, but it's, it's sitting there and it's doing its thing. So because um, my boil, my boil's just like it's proper, you know, yeah. vigorous boiling, two point four kilowatts. It might take a wee bit longer to get up, but do you know what? See, by the time my, because I've got a three pot system, right? By the time my sparge is finished, it's now just about to hit a boil, basically. Because I'm all in one, yeah. I wanted the time between lifting the bag out. And hitting that boil to be as short as possible because I don't get a lot of time to brew. And normally yep. I've got kids running around and stuff like that. So for me, it was important to just reduce the time that everything was going to take. And with craft beer pie, there's a couple of bits and bobs that you can do where you can throttle the element. So yeah. it'll, it'll turn on for four seconds and then turn off for two and... You're yeah, kind of just maintaining both. your boil at that point, which is it's really nice. And if, if you're using an SSR, it's not an issue. So, yeah. But getting into electric brewing, there's a few different types of electric brewery. Yeah. You have your standard electric bucket, which everybody knows about. The old mashing buckets that were, I think they were about 110 quid, weren't they? Yeah. Which is essentially a plastic bucket with a hole drilled in it. And an element shoved in the bottom out of a kettle. Yep. <laughs> it's essentially that. what it was. Yeah. Um, and that's where I started before I went propane. Oh, my, right. my first brewery was literally a fermenting bucket with <laughs> two elements stuck in it. Just so I could get up to the boil nice and fast and then literally turn oh, one of them off and just maintain a boil. And I even built a 15 litre one for doing 10 litre batches with a single kettle element in it as well. There's an old video of me brewing a boondoggle clone with just a single kettle element in it. And I bought the five quid elements, the five quid kettles from Asda, took them apart, and then oh, literally no just connected them up. Oh, yeah, proper, like, Heath Robinson, mate. Yeah. Uh, and then and I kind brewing, of... It was kind of like that. You know, see, you go back five years or so and brewing... And everything was Heath Robinson, you know. Yeah. It's only recently now we're starting to, you know, all these manufacturers are starting to pump out all these kind of crazy kits, you know. And you mean what? Three years ago, people were cutting their their uh, kegs apart, you know, cutting off the top of kegs and brewing in kegels, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And it worked. Oh yeah, it worked. And there's a lot of people who I know who haven't moved away from those systems. Yeah, definitely, because they're, they're awesome. Because it works. Yeah. And for me, moving to electric was purely so that I could brew in the house. Yeah. It's the only reason. I, I have to be, like, ready, prepared, or I did have to be ready and prepared and good to go and check the weather forecast and 
I've got a four-hour window here. Let's just get it done and start at the right time and pray I had no problems. See, I don't have that luxury in Scotland. What, brewing outside? Yeah, it's just like you don't you don't get a brew outside. Come on. I mean, <laughs> like, is, is it just is it just dark all year round or something? It's just it's just snowing or raining or you know, <laughs> you you might get you might get that few days of summer, but that's about it. I guess you're not on the west coast then. Oh, I'm in the west. Yeah, so I'm in the west coast. Because right on the west coast, apparently you guys get the jet stream that comes down, and you get all like super good weather. Yeah, occasionally. Occasionally, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, but. So we've got the Electrum bins that everybody sort of used, and there's a lot of people still using them because they use, because they yep. work, sorry. Then you've got your custom systems like yours and mine, yep. which are tweaked and set up specifically for a purpose. And within the custom systems, I would tend to include things like herms and rims and stuff like that. And yeah. if you want to see a really nice setup, watch any one of Graham Preston's um brew day videos that he's done on youtube because his setup is really nice it's 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 a really nice well done setup and you i'll include stuff like a burko and stuff like that that's had the safety removed and whatnot in your custom systems because you're taking something that's meant for one purpose and you're kind of turning it into something else so for me that's a that's a custom system do you know he was moaning on the zoom call on saturday that he was no longer happy with it, that system. Really? Yeah, and he's talking about going for one of these all-in-ones. Well, that that links in nicely to the all-in-one systems because, let's face it, you can drop anything from 350 to, well, let's be nice and say six grand. Six grand. Six? Who's doing six grand? If you buy the Brutals 150 and buy all the additional bits to go with it, Right. And pay for the additional line yeah. to go into your house, you are as near as makes no difference at six grand. See, I was thinking of the Brutals, but maybe not the. Is it the Brutals B80 or something like that? I, I think the, the B40, by the time yeah. you've paid for the Essentials kit, it's about two and a half. Two, right, okay. <laughs> and then the the B80, I think, works out as about 3,008 or something. Right. I'm just. I'm guessing from numbers that I saw a few months ago. I don't look because I want one. But Just, see, the thing is, right? It's I look shiny, those, mate. Yeah, it's shiny. But then I look at those systems, and I was watching one of the one of the guys on YouTube today. And do you know what he was doing for his sparge? He was using a watering can, right? So you've got this two thousand, three thousand pound system, right? And you're using a watering can to sparge your grains. It's kind of like. I, uh, I, I, yeah, I get it. Yeah, but. Mm, if I, I was going to get a system like that, I would want to be able to do brew in a bag. Yeah, I would. I would. I would absolutely demand to be able to do full volume mashing in it. That's why I would get the eighty in order to be able to do forty five liter batches. But do you know what I've I've learned recently? I don't know if you if you watch any of my recent videos, but see the sparge. The sparge is it's. I think that's the key to efficiency these days. I would disagree with you because mm. my system is brewing a bag. Right. It's an all-in-one brewing a bag system, and I'm pulling eighty-two percent out of mine. All right. Okay. So same. I would disagree with that. Don't yeah. get me wrong. With a sparge, I'd probably be further up. Uh huh. Because I'm technically doing recirculation matching. Uh huh. Which is the key. Well, I'm doing that through the helms. Yeah. So you should be fine. You should be way up there. 
I'm about 80, 81, 82. Yeah, it's generally. basically the same as me. But do you know what? It was actually, for a long time, it was at 70, right? And it was because my sparge was way too fast. Yeah. And I just had to slow that right down to a trickle. So if any of the guys, Everybody any guys out there doing three pot, slow your sparge to an absolute trickle and watch your efficiency go up. Definitely. When I used to use a three vessel system, I used to make sure that my sparge never, ever, ever, ever took less than 45 minutes. Yeah. So I would literally slow the flow down on both taps yep. to make sure it took 45 minutes. Because I remember that from working in the brewery. The faster the sparge goes through, the the lower the efficiency. But you yeah. know, that, it's one of them things. It's, it's kind of all these people getting these all-in-one systems and still having to use another bucket. So instead of having an all-in-one system, you've got an all-in-one plus one. Because you still need something to heat up your sparge water, don't you? Yeah. It's funny, though, because I think all-in-ones have came out. You wouldn't get all-in-ones in a brewery because how would you lift that big grain basket out sort of thing in an actual brewery? So it, this is it, all-in-ones are kind of starting to be... It's, it's a newer thing, isn't it, would you say? I think all-in-ones were designed because three vessels didn't appeal to a lot of people and Too brewing the... And brewing the bag came out, didn't it? There was, yeah. there was brewing the bag became a big thing. Australia, yeah, Australia mostly, yeah, Australia yeah. and New Zealand, yeah, yeah. Those damn Aussies, they've got a lot to answer for. <laughs> um, why the why the hell did we send them to paradise and stay here? Is what I want to know. We should have yeah. sent them to fucking Go Island, mate. Send them up to Northern Scotland. It, it's not prison sending them to Australia. Send yeah, them to the Isle of Arran. <laughs> you know. Hey, Arran, Arran's, Arran's lovely as well. I I'm sure it's lovely, there. but it's fucking cold is the point I'm making. <laughs> and probably wet as well, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's constantly. Oh, and but, covered in midges. Well, yeah. I mean, I know Andy Rostas is going to listen to this, so I hate you, Andy Rostas, because you live somewhere where I want to. But yep. um, the all-in-one systems, you've got your different types, haven't you? You've got everything from your Brew Monk and your Clarstein. Which yeah. are like super budget, three fifty, maybe four hundred quid. Robo bruises. Well, they're all the same thing, though, aren't yeah. they? Big aren't they all made that. in the same damn factory? But uh, yeah, probably is it gluten, gluten or something. Gluten, yeah, or gluten, yeah. whatever. I don't, I don't know. However you pronounce it, but yeah, those are they're pretty much all pumped out the same system. So out of the mm-hmm. same factory, rather. So they're pretty much of a muchness. And all Grainfather did for me was produce one that was very good. Yeah, good but quality. But at the same time, you still require a second vessel to heat up your sparge water. Yeah, that's what I'm... <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so, unless... Can you, can you, could you put the full volume mash in these things? No, because they're 30 litres max. Oh, that's... <laughs> what? <laughs> exactly. I mean, the G70, don't get me wrong, you can do brewing or full volume mashing in a, in a G70, but you're going to pay 1,500 quid for the privilege. <laughs> it, it's one of them things, it's... I, I appreciate why people want them. I genuinely do. Yeah. I mean, I've built an all-in-one system purely because three vessel was annoying and I wanted control over my mash temperature. But at the same time, why would you move from a three vessel to a two vessel system when it's going to... Co- oh, and by the time you've included the Grainfather branded sparge water heater, which yep. is just a burko by another name... <laughs> I mean, how much are you forking out for something that'll cost you 80 quid from Nisbets? Yeah. That's my thing. I mean, I know I'm Yorkshire and I'm tight, but Jesus Christ, it just strikes me as being really daft. Do you know what's good about doing it yourself? 
see when it see when it goes, see when that element that's built into the bottom of that pot goes, right? That's welded in. You can't you have to go and buy another one. It's not yeah. like you can just undo the nut, go on AliExpress and order another blooming element. You know did what you, I mean? Did your elements come from AliExpress? No, I think I got mine from Brew Builder. But, but it's one and a half inch tri-clamp, isn't it? No, 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 no. Mine's are all... See, my pots... I drilled my pots. So I've still got the, the kettle elements. See the 2.4 kilowatt just the kettle elements? All right. That you get. I've still got that. Now, when they go, right, I will upgrade to a tri-clamp setup. Because I was thinking... Um, I was on... I can't remember which Facebook group I was on, but one guy was complaining that his brew monk element had blown after 15 or 18 months i think it was mm-hmm. and i'm thinking right so you've now got to take that whole thing apart yeah buy new seals buy a new custom element from brew monk yeah fit it pray to god you fit it right make sure there's no leaks you don't want anything leaking through into your insulation oh, and knacking no. that up and all the other bits and bobs and i look down at my system and it's like Just i have to undo three screws yep and then I have to undo a screw on the tri-clamp. I slide it out. I slide my five and a half kilowatt in that's here. Yeah. And then really? I literally do three screws up. I yeah. tighten up a gland. And I tighten up the tri-clamp and I press go. And it's good to go again. Yeah. And I don't have to worry about it because I've got enough overhead in my build. That I can put. I could technically put a seven and a half kilowatt two element system in mine. And have no issues at all. I don't know if the warp would actually stay in the pot, though. If you Ob- Obviously, on. I would only use it to get it up to a boil, and then I would turn one of them off. But <laughs> the point, it wouldn't stay in the pot, mate. Trust me, no. with the four and a half, it's bouncing out. Yeah, it would. So, yeah. It, it, but that's the thing that kind of gets me about these all-in-one systems, is if something goes wrong, yeah. you are buying a new all-in-one system. Correct. Which is... It's an expensive job, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Whereas you can just literally drive, I don't know how far it is down the road, to the nearest Asda yep. and buy a kettle. Well, two, yeah, two, you could do that. Two minutes smashing it to pieces and then another three minutes literally doing up two screws to connect it up and you are done, you are golden, you are off. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So. Yep. But the other side of the coin, once we move away from electric, is gas. Yes. And you've got your different gas systems that you can use. Now, there are really only two different gases that you can use. Because acetylene would melt everything. But you can use propane and you can use butane. And you can't really use any other gas. If you're on your stovetop, you're using methane. Because that's natural gas. But you can't really use anything other than propane or butane. Did You, you did literally no outdoor brewing, no... I've got no. nothing, just no. literally so, on the stovetop. So I used to stink out the house uh, <laughs> <laughs> for, I don't know how long, it was like quite a while anyway. Maybe about, when did I start brewing? So I started brewing November 2017. And then what was my first, when was my first, I don't know. Yeah. We're waiting. Yeah, we're waiting. waiting here. When but was your first brew? Come on, you've got notes and everything. I've got, oh, here it is, September. So, September 2018, right? So, I wasn't even brewing a year. <laughs> it's an addictive right. hobby, though, isn't it? Right, so, 
was that November to September, right? That's when I brewed stove top, and that was five gallon, right? On a yeah, five gallon. But you've got a big wok burner, haven't you? Yeah, so I've got a big central burner. They're five mine. kilowatt. Yeah, so it's be- it was pretty beasty. But it's not as quick as the electrics. Lightning. The difference definite. between radiative and conductive versus immersion. Yeah, immersion, that, it's all going on. That was the other thing that I was going to bring up at the end of talking about the different pros and cons between the two different types of brewery. With an immersed element, every single bit of energy that is coming out is yeah. going into that water. There's no waste, or very little waste. It's probably like 2 or 3%, but there's very, very little waste, which is a good thing. So, yeah. so you can use propane and you can use butane. Andy, given that you are not a chemist, yeah. what would you say is the main downside to using butane in your burner? Uh, does it... <laughs> butane... Maybe, is it a heavier gas? Well, it is a heavier gas, but what does that mean when it comes to the combustion of said butane? Or more importantly, the change of state? Hold on, seriously, did I guess that completely right? Meth, eth, propane. Propane has three carbons, butane has four carbons, so it is a heavier gas, yes. But what does that mean when it comes to actually using it with your brewing? So does it not conduct as good... Okay, okay. I should have known better than to ask an electrician, shouldn't I? Um, basically, propane will change state from a gas to a liquid at a lower temperature. So if you're trying to brew in the middle of winter in somewhere like Norway and you yep. try and use butane, you won't. it won't work as well because the change from the compressed liquid state to the gaseous state won't occur. And you'll end up basically with this tiny little shitty orange flame coming out your burner. So that's why most people recommend to use propane. Um, Every day is a school day, isn't it? Every day is a school day. (laughs) Um, But yeah, um, the the main reason why people use propane is for that particular purpose. Plus, butane tends to be more for caravans and for barbecues. Um, But I've used both. uh, And butane does give you a hotter flame. Because right, okay. there's, there's more gas, there's more bonds within the molecule to break, to release energy, to give you the energy within the actual liquid. So, yeah. I told you, mate, every day is a school day. I'll drag, I'll drag fucking science into anything. <laughs> um, and then you've obviously got your different burner types. You've got your banjo burners. Were you never tempted by a banjo burner? No, you know the I big would... ones that are on a stand that you can buy from America that are like 12 kilowatts? Seriously, for me, it was about making beer and doing <laughs> it, you know, just what I've got sort of thing. So, yeah, it was it was completely stovetop, literally. I, I coveted um, a gentleman who I know in America. He had a banjo burner and this damn thing was 12 kilowatts. And he went from end of mash, okay, so mash out at like 75 degrees, yeah. to boil in 12 minutes with 50 litres. And I'm like, dude, I need one of those. I want, I want that one, please. <laughs> I, I want that one. <laughs> and then I looked at the price and getting one shipped over from America and it was 200 quid. Oh. I'm like, nah, I'm not paying no. that. 
I'm still a Yorkshireman. <laughs> I'm still tight. But it was it was one of those things, and you know, gas does have certain pros to it. The, there are some definite plus points to brewing with gas. The speed, you tend to get up to the boil faster because you can use these gigantic 12 kilowatt like paella burners and stuff like that mm-hmm. and you can really pump some energy into that pot and you can brew anywhere pretty much you want to if you happen to have all your brewing kit with you when you're at i know download festival and you want to make some beer you yeah. can literally do it there it's... you see the have you seen the brew dog videos where they do daft shit like they're brewing well oh. They're brewing on a, a ship or something like that, and you're but just But yeah, like, there's crazy stuff doing? like that. There's also there, there was um, what do you call it? I've, I I don't remember where I read it, but I read something about people literally taking mobile breweries and going to places and having brewing competitions. They're not brewing top of mountains. Yeah, people do all kinds of crazy shit. Weird shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't see the point. Because your fermenter's yeah. going to be all over the shop by the time you get back yeah, down to the bottom. But, you know, you're not putting that shit in a plastic bucket, <laughs> are you? But um, the the main downsides to brewing with gas, as Andy will dis- has discovered, yeah, no doubt, is... is your missus will bitch and moan at you when your kitchen stinks. Oh, sticky floors. Sticky floors. Sticky Do you not... floors. What was it tricky called? A <laughs> biological cleaning entity. Do you not have a dog? No, no. Or a cat, or or no. a particularly feral child. I did have cats, but then no, they, I don't think they really bothered with the the sticky wart. See, the thing was, I used to clean up and think it was spotless, and then you come back down in the morning, it would be like, you know, sticking to the floor, oh. like a nightclub floor. Yeah. Yeah. So the main downside is everything stinks. If you have a boil over in the kitchen. Oh you God, you ain't yeah. brewing in that kitchen again because yep. you're getting serious earache unless you the live s- on your own. Yeah, your stove's now covered in a, you know, crystallized sugar, and it does not come off, does it? Oh no way! It's a nightmare. The safety element of it as well. Yeah. You know, you've got a twelve and a half kilowatt banjo burner sitting there, and you've got crotch fruit running around everywhere. Oh no, that's a it's an off. issue. <laughs> and the amount of control that you can actually put into it. Yeah, is, that was a big is, one. Is much less, isn't it? Yeah, because you, you constantly have to watch. Oh, is my how hot's my my mash? You know, or do I have to heat it up a, a wee bit more? It dep- like it depends. I was I was I didn't have a cool box or anything like the you know yeah. how a lot of people do it, but mine's was just like you know just a wee bit of heat now and again, or of oh, overshot. You know when you're trying to heat for your strike, that sort of thing. It was just it was a pain. Just yeah. try to keep the control, basically. But we, but we don't have that issue anymore, do we? No, we do We not. don't have that problem. And we no. don't even have to be at our system nope. when could, we want uh, to do it. Yeah, I've putting the kids to bed. Yeah. I, mate, I've done it whilst I've been having a shit. <laughs> I literally have. I've gone, oh, I need a dump this morning. But all my water's in my kettle and it's turned on. It's I'll just done. do it while I'm on the toilet. <laughs> and it's wonderful. Um, yeah. You need a Wi-Fi extender for your bog as well. Get one of them right. put in your toilet. It's very important. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it it. Anyway, let we'll we'll stop talking about gross shit. Um, yes. Tell me about your custom electric brewery, Andy. Tell me what you did. 
so what I did was I wanted I wanted a three pot system, right? So I wanted my HL team, my mash pot, and my boil kettle, and I wanted it to be Herms as well, so I could control my mash temps. So I wanted everything super control, and so I put in the Herms coil, and I've got a false bottom in my mash tun that I did myself. Got that from Brew Builder. So I've got all my pots set up and then what I've got is a 2.4 kilowatt element in my HLT and then I've got a 2.4 kilowatt in my boil pot, right? And I, I just do that, I don't know if anyone, if I need to explain the Herm system, but the I basically pump my wort back into my HLT through the coil to keep it at a steady temperature. And all I do is my brewery controller can set my hot liquor tank temperature to, I don't know, half a degree more than what's in my mash tun. And when I do that, then I can then control precisely the temperature in my mash tun. So that means I can have my mash at 70, uh, 67 degrees or I can have it at 65, you know, all this then d decides how attenuative my uh, my brew is going to be. So if I want how much residual sugars I want in my brew, so then I can have it at 1.007, nice and dry, or I can go 10, 12, or whatever, you know. So I can, by, by tweaking your mash temps, I can then control how the outcome of my beer. So the, the controller itself, is the I use as a craft beer pie controller and which I says was from the old farts brewery and it's a system that's kinda it's excellent right and there was a lot of work done on it for the last I don't know two or three years sort of thing it's been built up and there's a lot of control in there so for me I can set the the brewery to come on at six o'clock in the morning it will then turn on my pump right and then it'll put my element on and it'll take my my strike water up to i don't know 76 or whatever i want my strike temp yeah i'm just looking 76 or 74 degrees or whatever i want right so that means in the morning i can get up nice and early and get my brew day done and i'm done for 12 o'clock say so i've got the rest of my day to spend with the family. So it, it just is super convenient. And the other thing is, I don't actually have to be here as well. So I can be up, I can say to the missus, right? You have a lie in, I'm a good guy, right? You have a nice lie in, I'll get the kids up. Hashtag you know, brownie points. Brownie points, right? So, and she let, that, that means that she lets me brew as well at the weekend, which is all the bonus. So, I'm basically, I'll come down, I'll mash in, right? I'll get the kids breakfast, I'll come in, mash in, right? And then leave it running, and then I can come back into the house, play with the kids, make sure they're not trying to kill each other, right? You know, <laughs> refereeing. And then it, I can check my phone and just see, oh, how long have I got left, right? And by that time, right, when it comes to doing all your boil and hop additions, the missus is... I rose from her bed feeling super fresh and happy that she's had this amazing lie-in, 
right? And she's leaving. She she lets me go and play in the brewery to to finish my brewery. So so you got bacon and egg and a cup of tea waiting oh. for her when she comes downstairs. And all of this yeah. time, and your you, your wonderful craft beer pie brewery has been controlling your temperatures. Been doing everything. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that is the wonderful part about designing your own system. We've already covered some of the advantages of being able to change parts and have it literally built exactly how you want it. Um, and at the same time, you're not beholden to a company that's going to charge you £145 for an element that yeah. you may or may not get to change correctly. Yeah. Um, you're not going to have to worry about a stuck recirculation malt pipe or whatever they call it in the middle. Oh. And all these kinds of things. We've just got this control with our systems and for me, it was very much along the lines of, I wanted everything that Andy had, but in a single pot. Yeah. So I've got a recirculation bulkhead, I've got a whirlpool built in, I've got my element in there, I've got two temperature controllers, so that I don't, you know, go above like 100 degrees with the water at the bottom, burn my element to complete shit. Because yep. I've got a bag that doesn't let enough liquid pass through, which has happened to me. Yep. Um, and I've got all of this sort of stuff all set up, and all of mine is all in one. So I've got full recirculation, I've got a full recirculating mash, I've got the ability to whirlpool, I've got the ability to maintain the temperature, I've got an element in the bottom that can pulse on and pulse off as many times in a second as it wants to. Yep. And at the same time, I can do this while I'm having a shit. Yeah, exactly. Which is wonderful. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't spend 45 minutes having a crap and reading a book? Because I know <laughs> I do. Hayden from the kids. Oh, I never I know I can't hide from mine, mate. They can open the baby <laughs> they gate just at the come top in. of the they stairs. Just come in. Daddy, what are you doing? I'm having a shit. Go away. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 a wonderful thing and I can like Andy's just said, I can set my mash going and then I can literally wander straight in. Yeah. Into the house, play with the kids, you know, sit and watch an episode of Paw Patrol or whatever with them, and everything is fine, everything is wonderful, and the yeah. wife will let me do it. Exactly, and it's, and it's an key. absolute bonus. It's it's an it's an utter bonus. It really is. Um, and then I think it. I think we have to kind of cover the main components of one of these electric breweries, Andy. Yeah, I think because there's going to be there's a few. I know Derek Hodge. Who's up your way? Um, hey. He's up in Scottish land, and Scotsland. he wants he wants to build one of these in yeah. between, you know, drams of whiskey. That's and um, I do a wicked Billy Connolly, um, so and he's bad. <laughs> no bad, and um, Glasgow, Glasgow, and, um, <laughs> Glasgow, <laughs> and um, basically he wants to build one. So I think it'd be worthwhile basically covering all the little bits and bobs that go through it. And kind of give a rough cost. Because I know yours cost a little bit more than mine. Yeah. Um, because mine's obviously got a lot less in it than yours. Yeah. Um, but the the main thing would be to cover all of these different bits and bobs. And okay. just kind of let somebody know what they need. Yeah, so the internal, the, the, the brain of it all is a Raspberry Pi. Now you can get a 3B plus or a 4. Did you get the 4? I got the four B four gig. Right, good. So that so the four works, right? With the I don't I don't use the four in my craft beer pie, it's a three B plus. Okay, so that might I don't know if I can confirm to anyone that it, the four works, right? It might oh no, work. I've I've had the four in it. 
Okay, okay. And so the four what... works fine. It's no issues Good. whatsoever. But the three B, yeah, that's what was got. a little bit faster. Right. So it's the three B I've got, and so that's the brains of it all, right? And then what you've got is you've got your sensors, which is your 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 kind of DS eighteen B twenty is what you're looking for, right? There's going to be lots of letters and lots and lots of numbers, guys. Yeah. So write them all down. Right. So on the Craft Beer Pie website, right. There is a schematic of it all, and so those that's how the the Raspberry Pi sees what temperature the different bits are. So if you've got your HLT, so I've got one in my HLT, I've got what a sensor, a, a temperature sensor in my mash tun, and I've got one in my uh, boil kettle, and then I've also got one in the box as well because you know. It might get a bit hot in there, so I want to know if it's getting a bit hot in there. You ain't even pumping 32 amps through yours, mate. Something might be melting, right? <laughs> so I want you, to know Do you not that. just smell that? Can you not just smell yeah, it? maybe. I don't know. The acrid so, burning smell of wire. Yeah. So you've got... So that's your sensors. And then what you've got then is basically a switch that the, the craft beer pie can turn on and off, right? Which is called a solid state, really. And what that does is it allows the craft beer pie or the, the the raspberry pie to turn the element on and off, right? And anything else you may want to turn on and off, like a pump, you might want your recirculation pump, or I've got so I've got a two thirty volt pump, and I've also got one of those twelve volt kind of little what are they called solar pumps solar or whatever. Pumps, yeah. yeah, so I've got one of them for recirculating on my. Uh, HLT, right? So that allows water to recirculate and keep the temperature steady, right? Within there, so you don't get cold and hot spots on it. So these switches basically turn the heaters on and off. And is that about it? Really? You've got you've... the other things. You've got your elements, which are controlled by your SSR. Yeah. yeah. You've got your pumps. Uh, you've got your thermo wells, which are bloody important. Yeah, you're not you're not going to be dipping a sensor into your work with this one. You need the thermal no. wells. And incidentally, if you're going down the building the all-in-one route, buy the five centimeter thermo well. Yeah. Get a five centimeter thermo well for halfway up your kettle to measure temperature within your mash, yeah. and get a bigger one. I think I've got a. I think I've got a twelve so centimeter so it gets one right in there. Yeah, so it's virtually in the middle, so that I know exactly what the temperature is in the middle. Yeah, um, and that kind of allows me to control everything a little bit more and I've set up some logic so that if there's a bigger differential than 5 degrees between the centre of the mash and the bottom of the kettle it yeah. cuts power to the element so as, cool. so as not to basically cavitate and end up with a dry element Yeah, I, I had to set that up after Matt Callaby torched his Oh yeah, I remember. That was that was, that was so. Oh, I mean, I love Matt Calibre to bits. Yeah, but great guy. Dude, you are as dumb as a box of rocks. Oh, no, <laughs> do you know what? It, it was a shame because because Matt as well. So it was yourself and Matt. I helped with it, the the builds, and uh, yeah, I was I was gutted for him because it's just like oh, that's because he's went with the kind of the boiler thing, hasn't he? The yeah. the the all in one Berko, type isn't it? Yeah, Berko boilers. Yes, but he. I think he was very lucky at the time because there was a sale on the boilers. 
So he managed. I think he picked one up for about eighty quid or something. That's I can't not bad. Remember, then. But I mean, yeah. I am joking, Matt. I don't think you're as dumb as a box of rocks, no. mate. It could have happened. It's, it's nearly <laughs> happened to me. Yeah. So I, I can't say anything. I'm just, I'm just pissing up your leg. Oh, don't worry by the about way. That. I've, I have burnt an element out, you know. I accidentally swapped the leads round the wrong way, and so I thought it was turning on the element in the hot liquor tank and ended up turning it on in the, the boil kettle, which then torched the element. This is precisely so why... It. This is precisely why I have a single element. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm see, not... now I double-check <laughs> where it's wired. Have you not, not labelled them? No. Oh, game-changer. Labelled them. You know, that, that yeah. age-old adage of, you know, measure twice, cut once, and label yeah. three times. Label it. But yeah, it's 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 a wonderful system when you build one of these. And I know I'm I'm a standard gusher, okay? I will gush over anything that I think works really, really well. Yeah. But I would not change this way of brewing for the world. I wouldn't, because the control that you have over it... I'm a scientist, I have to know the ins and outs of a gnat's arsehole when it comes to everything that I'm doing. Yep. And I know what every single part of my system does. And that just makes me very happy. I mean, yeah. Andy can see the smile on my face. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm, I got a smile because I know everything is controlled and every single redundancy that I can put in place has been. And see when something doesn't work. You know what the great thing is? You don't just bitch about it on Facebook or what. Oh, my, no, you my fucking fix crap. it. You just go make something that actually yep. does the thing that you want it to do. And if because we're using craft beer pie, there's so many little add-ins and plugins yeah. that you can get that remove a lot of the issues that we've got. I it mean, mine beeps at me, so I put in a buzzer, so yeah. it beeps at me when things are done, so I know. Oh, that's that bit done. Mine alarms on my phone. Oh wow. So mine just literally it pops up an alarm. I I know a little bit of Python coding, so I've got a little alarm on my phone <laughs> that pops up for me. Oh, that's class. Which is ace because if I'm like inside the house and the brewery is outside and yep. the windows are shut because it's cold or whatever, I've got a thing on my phone that beeps yeah. and vibrates and you know lets me know, um, which is which is actually quite cool. So, um, I think at this point we're about halfway through. Um, maybe a little bit over halfway through, actually, to be fair. Yep. Um, do you think it's about time for a commercial break? Yeah, should we go for that? Let's take it to the commercial break, ladies and gentlemen. What you got for your commercial break, Andy? So, I have got... Do you want me to show? Yeah, oh yeah, I want to see before you tell anyone. Right. Just so I can know if I have to change my can because I'm being outdone. No, 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 no. No, right. There's a reason... I've chosen this. Oh, Jolly Beggar. Jolly Beggars. Oh, which right. brew is that? So this is Air Air Brewing Company, right? Now, at the start of the, the sea epidemic, right, we were all kind of, you know, support your local brewery. Yeah. So I was like, right, okay. So I thought, well, I'll see. And up in Facebook, I found... Air Brewing Company, right, which is down the road from me, and what it was, they were doing a deal where basically you buy a whole load of beers from them, and because I'm local, they'll just drop it round to my house free, free delivery. Nice, right? free delivery. Now that cha- that's that's a game changer, right? But you know, you know what it's like with some brew. So you're taking a chance with it, right? 
So I thought, oh, well, I'll try it, you know. Do you know what? This is, I've now done, I've done two big deliveries now, so I did another big delivery, right? Every single one of their beers has been absolutely banging, right? Now, nice. I thought it was going to be like a traditional brewery, like a traditional type, and they do traditional, but they also do all these kind of hoppy, beautiful, like new world hops and stuff. So I think it was a traditional brewery that's upped their game, or maybe they've just always been really awesome. So, uh, yeah, I went to the, base, put a wee plug you? out for uh, Air Brewing Company, basically. Now this one I've got, Jolly Beggars, it is one of, it's more traditional. Now, I feel like, see, we do, we, we drink a lot of hoppy, you know, juicy, zero bitterness type beers, and sometimes you just get a bit tired i don't know it's almost like you listen to episode nine of the podcast yeah you, you get a bit tired of these beers and so this one is just i've had it before right because you know it's awesome I've, i basically bought a whole load of them but this one is just really nice and malty i would say so what is it then what kind of beer it's like an amber type uh it's it's just really it's Jolly Beggars is brewed using Brewer's Gold Hops from southern Germany to produce a traditional style best bitter. There you go. With plenty uh, of character. Well, come on, get the bottle open and get it in a glass. Right, okay, okay. I tell right. you, it's funny in about, I swear to God, it's like this bloke's Who's never yours? listened to a single episode of this podcast. Huh? Right then. Well, whilst he's fannying about trying to find himself a glass, I've come prepared because it's like I've done 10, 11 of these episodes before. Yeah. So I've got my glass. Here's my glass. Got my glass here. And I have, because I have basically not been out the house for a while because of COVID and all the other bits and bobs, and we do our shopping at Sainsbury's rather than Morrison's where they've got a decent beer selection. So I'm kind of leaning on a wild child beer again. There you go, Andy. Mm. Okay, doke. Opaque Reality. It is a really, really nice beer. It is a 5.9% mango and passion fruit milkshake IPA. And I know that we've just sat here bitching about this kind of beer. But the thing is, Kia does them so well. And here we go. Opening the can. And straight up. I mean, literally straight out of the can. It's like you're punched in the face with a mango. It's really nice. See, mine's is biscuit. You've got a load of biscuit on yours. Yeah. Well, come on then. Whilst I'm pouring mine, you give me the flavour profile of yours and 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 talk about it a little bit. Okay, dog. Got to suck that can dry. So it's kind of oh super. I'd say super malty is the key, and it's got like a. It's definitely it's like a black cunt. Blackcurrant and malt together, and it's quite, it's like a spicy, it's a bit spicy as well. Oh, and soup, it's got this nice crisp, crispness, good, good wee bit of bite, you know, it's just different, and it just breaks up from that constant hop bombardment that we, that we do. 
I mean, at, at the moment, I have on my kegerator, which um, I'm pointing at, but you can't see because this is obviously a podcast. I have a Marzen on tap one. Mm. On tap two, I have a traditional Pilsner, which is gluten-free because it's not strictly for me. It's for a mate of mine. Yep. And I have a Hokum Stomp. Yep. So I have nothing hoppy on there at all. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, cracking open a can of opaque reality and and giving it the mango and oh, passion wow. fruit hazy kind hazy. of it's not that bad it's not be... that yeah it's it's got like it it's almost like a kind of hop haze yeah and trust me it is a hop haze yeah it's got i'm getting mango and passion fruit on the nose just loads and loads and loads of it nice and you taste it and it's just it's like drinking a fruity alcoholic mongo <laughs> it really yeah. is uh, Andy, get on their website and actually order self you some can yourself some cans for delivery because they will deliver to you. All right. Um, okay. And this and Siege of Khartoum. I know I bang on about Siege of Khartoum. Number two beer in the world for me. Um, but this is so nice. It's it's a fruity. You know how when you get a neeper that's not quite right, okay, and you get that hot burn. Oh no! And you yeah. get that 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 real tingly kind of back of your tongue oh, back Somebo- of throat. somebody's put too many hops in this and you just you don't want to drink it this this is milkshake ipa done right yeah it's fruit and that's yeah. what i want i want fruit so yeah i <laughs> really really like this beer have you brewed any of those hot bun oh yeah beers yourself i did a i did a a Timmy Neeper oh, with, um, I'd have to pull the recipe up and the recipe book's all the way over there. Half a it, kilo of hops. Uh, <laughs> 470 grams total. Yeah. And yep. it took four weeks to calm down. Yeah, that, you can do that though. That's the thing, isn't it, with these? Basically, it can take a month or two to calm down effectively, isn't it? Um, to that give kind a of, of don't you find that kind of negates the need to put all of those um... well this is the experiment this is this is the joy of homebrewing it's like well we can we can play about with this how do we how do we not do that now the latest is you know you chill it to 14 you you, you know you put it in for a you know 24 hours Give it a jet. This is verdant, right? This is what came from verdant. Put it 24 hours. Jet it up from the bottom of CO2. Get it back into suspension. As soon as you do that, get that beer cold crashing, right? Get that down as cold as you can. So within two days later, right? A day or two later, you are then taking that beer off the hops and into your keg. Right? That is the latest. But that's one of those things. That's their way of doing it that's their way yeah because i know was it chris harrison right he does he does it like he'll dry hop it and then i think two for two days and then another then he'll put in another charge of hops and then for three days and then he'll cold crash it because that's the the vacant gesture and i'm sure the proof of concept is done like that as well and his beers are like i've never had it i have never had it and Retford is right where I I race radio control cars. 
Yeah. The best outside track in Britain for me is Robin Hood Raceway. The Retford turnoff for Chris Harrison's brewery is literally the next junction on the A1. Yep. Why the hell don't I just go down there? Yeah, why not? But COVID, you know. COVID, yeah. So, I think it's safe to say that we both really like our commercial beers, isn't it? Yep, definitely. Nice week. I I want you to send me a bottle of that one. This one? I am a huge fan of a really good bitter. Good. And here's the weird thing. I've got a recipe for a bitter that I will send you. Okay. Which is my house bitter. I brew this all the time. Don't mess with the hops. Please don't mess with the hops. And please don't mess with the yeast because the yeast is... Key. Very much so. And just brew it exactly with the recipe that I send you. Okay. And give it a try and tell me what you reckon because it's one of those beers where I absolutely love this beer. Oh, and put it on your hand, pull. Okay, right. Because so I, I always have mine out of uh, a pressure barrel when I've got one. Um, I don't so have one at the minute, so I've not brewed it for a while. But okay, damn man, it's an amber bitter. Right. So on cask at the moment, I've got the neck oil. Right. So when that kicks, that's what I'll do, and I'll do a video. I on will. My, se- I will send YouTube. you the recipe. Seriously, give it a go because on hand pull, you won't get anything better. Right. For me, sounds, sounds good. For, for my opinion, sold. You won't get anything better. It is a fantastic recipe for a bitter. It works cool. so well. Um, but yeah, so you're happy with yours? Uh-huh. I'm definitely happy with mine. I think Wild Child and I think Air Brewery or Air Brewing are doing some fantastic beers. Obviously, because we've just reviewed them, and I think it's time to get back into. Uh, talking about the advantages and disadvantages that we have found whilst we have been moving over to electric brewing. Yep. Do you want to go first? So I think we've kind of covered a lot of the good advantages, haven't we? So we've got family time. Definitely. Is the big one. Just being able to spend more time with the family whilst not having to watch over the brewing. Just peace of mind. (laughs) That's a really good way to put it, because I found when I was using my three-vessel system, it was so involved. You had to be there for every single step and every single bit of it, and you were monitoring it constantly. See, see, that's where you went wrong. You didn't put a craft beer pie onto your three-vessel. Well, trust me, my three-vessel mate would not have taken craft beer pie. I had a SS Brutech mash ton. Mm-hmm. I awesome. had uh, an well, it's not SS Brutec, but it's the same kettle as an SS Brutec kettle. Is it the Brewbender one? No, it's from Bridgewater Brewing. They're not in oh, business right, okay, anymore. Okay, right, okay. But it, but it comes out the same factory in China <laughs> as the SS Brutec ones, <laughs> and it was a third of the price. Oh, amazing! Which is you know the way to go. Um, and I had an old fifty liter. Um, Kettle that I got off of, can't remember his name, Tim, can't remember his surname, Tim. Um, I got it off of him and I used that as a hot liquor tank. Um, and I couldn't leave anything because I, I was working off of a single burner. Mm-hmm. So it was put one down, lift one off, move one down, lift one off, do this, pump this, lift this, do that. 
and it, it kind of got a bit too much to be fair um but yeah it was it was it was involved using my three vessel system it really really was and i couldn't let the kids anywhere near it because i was constantly lifting 35 liters of you know how did you was that electric no that was gas oh right okay jeez oh yeah so I mean I'm not a small lad and I can I can lift stuff I'm quite strong, um, but the uh, the lifting of 35 liters of 70 degree water was quite scary to be perfectly yeah. honest. The um, yeah the other thing that I really like about having my electric brewing system is speed. The speed at which you can do everything because it's immersive heating. And it yeah. kind of makes everything a little bit faster, for me anyway. I don't know about for you. Um, yeah, that, no, I your, would say so. With, with your puny two point four kilowatt elements. Even still, right? I think my brew days were like on that stovetop was maybe about six, seven hours, and now it's seven maybe... hours. Yeah, right. Holy like, shit! We're cleaning and all that, and you would be up till I used to brew in the evenings and just get steaming. I don't know, some of the, the earlier videos, I'm just pissed out of my head. <laughs> I have got to go back and watch them if you're utterly oh, hammered please, doing that for seven please, hours. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, uh, I would say the quality in my videos has improved. <laughs> yeah, but you're into your photography and everything, aren't you? Yeah. So but that kind of helps. It, But then it didn't help at the start. It didn't really. So I've had to learn video, really. Yeah. And how you present. I, I can't. I've got to edit oh. this podcast at the end because Tricky, you know, he's got his little girl now and he's sold his house and he's moving house. I mean, who has a child on a Wednesday and sells their house on a fucking Friday? Here, yeah, by the way, why do we do that, right? Why Why do we do that? Why do we think, you know what, would, you know what would be a great idea? Let's have kid, another kid. And, you know, see when we're having that other kid, let's sell our house and, you know, move. Let's get another house. <laughs> You know, let's just make it as stressful as possible. I did the, the exact same thing. The only like, thing more stressful than moving house is getting divorced. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean that that that's just stats saying that. That's just statistics. Yeah. But yeah. Um, no, why? Thank you. Why tricky? Why would you do that? Because I know tricky's probably going to listen to this one because he's not on it. Uh huh. But dude, why the? F- Fuck, would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> but that's what we do. It's just like, oh, do you know what? We need another bedroom. We need more space. Let's get a bigger house. And then, so the way things just, I mean, how long does it take to sell a house? I don't know. But it took tricky. Market, it took tricky two days. Yeah, current market's <laughs> mental. I know. Oh, I know. Is, yeah. There's a house for sale five doors down from my dad, um, and it's a four bed and it's 130 grand. Right, okay. And I'm very tempted. Yeah. I'm very, very tempted. But <laughs> it does involve moving to Doncaster, and I promised myself I'd never do that again. Yeah. Have you never been to Doncatraz? Donca- uh, Doncaster? Not really. Uh, Don't do Durham, it. Durham, Doncaster, York. Is that what right? do you mean, Durham, Doncaster, York? Is that right? No. Durham's like 50 miles south of the border. And then was York's it, about the, 80 miles in? south. Was it? Yeah. That is I'm on the train. Think. As on you go train? to London, those are the, those are the stops, yeah. If is that you get right, the, yeah? If you get the Edinburgh Express that runs this down is, the see, East Coast is, Main yeah. Line, yeah. So I, I sometimes go down to York 
uh, for work. So we've got another office. I work for a company called Jacobs Engineering. And so there, I sometimes get the train down. Not during COVID, Well, if you Well, if you're in York and uh, you don't have to be back up home for a, you know, you can get a later train back up home, just pop down to Wakefield, mate, and we'll have a few beers, because I'm nice. only about, I'm about 30 miles south of York. Okay, cool. I'm not far at all. Yep. Um, but yeah, the, the, the ability to recirculate during my mash mm-hmm. was probably the biggest thing for me when I was actually building this brewery because I used to find I would I would get my mash at the perfect temperature I'd be sat at 67 degrees which is bang where I wanted it and then because I was doing brewing a bag in a kettle yeah all of a sudden that becomes 64 degrees and I wasn't quite getting the beers I wanted but what it does allow you to do with having that element in the bottom and the recirculation, you maintain that 67 degrees almost exactly. Yeah, right through. And so my, that, that's a huge thing. Yeah, two of my mates, uh, Ross and Raymond, I've basically helped them build a very similar thing to what you've done. So they've got uh, they've got these, was it the kind of baskets sort of thing? It's like a mesh I, basket. Mine and arrived a, a pot, last week. In a pot, and it's... They use ink buds to control it. Now, the ink buds just basically, once it hits that temperature, then it turns off. It doesn't just slowly ramp up to that temperature. So you do kind of overshoot, undershoot. So there's, you have to recirculate, right? You have to recirculate with these systems because otherwise, you know, it you, you your, your, your mash at the bottom is going to be at flipping, I don't know, 85 degrees or something silly, right? <laughs> and you're killing all those enzymes. You're killing you all those enzymes and your probe from your ink buds stuck in the mash right at the top, which is nice and cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then they're, so like, you... then, then they're like, Andy, why why is uh, why is my beer uh, finishing at 10.18 or 10.20, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, yeah, the mash was way too high. They they need uh, a couple of thermal wells, don't they? Really, yeah. and a craft beer pie yeah. system. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's that's uh, to be fair, it's not that expensive. We never really talked about the cost. Yeah, I worked it out. Thirty five quid for my element. Mm-hmm. I already had the craft beer pie, uh, the pie rather. Uh, the software cost me nothing. The SSRs were expensive. I paid thirty five quid each for my SSRs. Right, okay. Thermo wells pretty cheap. Uh, I think I paid nine quid, including a DS eighteen B twenty or whatever. Uh, the pump I already had, the kettle I already had. The most expensive part of my build, bar none, was the wonderful. Um, what's the phrase? That computer controlled electronic bit that where they like carve out steel, whatever it's called. I can't remember. I'm drunk. Um, oh fuck! What do they call it? You know, you got the system with the water jet and the carving element and the CNC. That's no. the one. CNC compute. Yeah, computer controlled oh. stuff. It's it's wonderful and it's CNC carved. And I bought it from Belgium, and it's a fucking work of art. It really is. And that's just the bulkhead that my tri clamps connect into. Yep. Um, uh, still dragging in Belgium if you want one. They're fucking beautiful. I, I was loath to actually put it in my kettle. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> so, put, 
Putting the mantelpiece. Mount the fucker on a wall. Um, but yeah, um, the CNC cut uh, thing, that cost me about 65 quid, but it was worth every single penny. Um, and then you've got your cool. Whirlpool connections and all your other bits and bobs and, you know, your, your uh, recirculation bulkhead, which are about a tenner. You've got a screen. Did you put a screen on yours? I got a screen on mine, yeah. yeah. Mine, so mine was. Screens. But I got my screen for nothing. Right, cool. Good. Uh, I got a mate who'd bought one uh, for a project. No, he got <laughs> one for a project. And basically, he decided he wasn't going to use it. He was going to use an old screen out of a um, Galaxy Note 10 or something, oh, really? one of the really big ones. Yep. Uh, and he just said, yeah, you can have this. So I got that for nothing. Uh, Touchscreen as well, which is wonderful. Bonus. Probably saved you about 40, 50 pounds. Uh, I think they were about 35 off AliExpress. There you go. Uh, and all the other bits and bobs that go into it. And the most expensive thing for me was the fucking wire. <laughs> you know, the cabling I had to use oh, to connect you, it you, up. Yeah, you had to run a new power supply. Well, that was going to be run anyway. Yeah. Because I needed the shed wiring in. Yep. Uh, so all I did was said to the electrician, I'll buy everything, uh-huh, but you while buy you're here, can you stick this on a wall and connect it up? Um, but the, um, yeah, all the bits and bobs that were in it, they weren't that expensive. I think I paid, I totted it up in total with the box and all the bits inside and the connections and the males and the females and all the other bits and bobs that go along with it. Uh, I think I paid in total 148 quid for mine, top to bottom. Oh, wow. That's good. I thought I got a, near that. I got a fucking banging deal on the project box. Yeah. It was on sale on Amazon, uh, and it was it was supposed to be 38 quid. And they had a sale on on the day, and it was £21. Oh, nice. Which, I mean, and it's the, it's the exact same one that you've got. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, which obviously is going to make you feel bad, but um, I I got an absolute fucking bargain on that. I really, really did. I land I land on my feet with shit off Amazon so often that I don't mind giving a company that's in America a shitload of money <laughs> and allowing them to pay no tax. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's fucking wonderful. <laughs> um, but the most expensive thing for me that I actually paid for, which I had to pay for for the wiring that goes in everywhere anyway was the 6 mil squared cable, cable that I've connected to everything, yeah. That yeah, cost me just, near enough copper. 110 quid. Yeah, that's copper there. Yeah, that's yeah. what we're paying for. But it's good shit, it really but that, is. But that's a good size, you know. So 6 mil, you know, that'll be good, definitely. Well, we, we were talking about it whilst I was doing the build, and I was going to use uh, 4 mil. 4, yeah. And the main reason why I didn't was because of the voltage drop. Yeah, voltage drop. Yeah. Because I want to get the cable that's currently connected outside my kitchen, I want to get it moved up and connect it outside my shed. Because the actual connection socket is IP67. Yep. So if I've got it up here by the shed, I can literally connect my RO up here and basically treat everything up here, brew up here, yep. and then literally move it eight feet into my fermentation fridge. Yeah, that's what you want. That's the bonus. Definitely. So how much did yours cost in total, do you reckon? Oh, I, do you know what? I was, I'm too scared to, to, to count it all up. I reckon mine's was about four or £500 pounds total. Do you know that? 
But to build a full home system for four hundred yeah, quid ain't bad. Yeah, that's true. So it was. Do you know what it was? A lot of the things. So I had. I did have a lot of the pots, right? So that's not including the pots. <laughs> so, but see all the little. See those. Uh, what do you call it? The clamps. You know the. What are they called? It's not tri. The din rail. No, on the pots. See for your poses stuff. and all that stuff. Oh, the um, Camlock. Oh, Camlock. Camlock, that's the fella. Yeah, 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 yeah. So all that stuff bloody adds up. Do you ever find yourself and you go, oh, three pounds, that's dead cheap. And then you fill up your basket and milk miller. And you've got right? fucking 22 of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and then you look and your order's up to about 85 pounds and you're like, hey, I was only wanting a couple of bits. <laughs> I do that all the time with a malt miller, oh. but what what I do is I will log into the malt miller, yep. and I will add stuff yeah. and just leave it in the basket. Yeah, yeah, don't buy it, yeah. And, and then just, log out. Just just mull over it. Do I really well, need... Not even that. I'll literally, I will, I will log in and I'll be like, right, I need a bag of this. Uh-huh. In three brews, I'm going to need a bag of Vienna. So yep. I'll add it. Yeah. And then a week later, I'll log in and go... I need this yeast. So I'll log yeah. in and I'll add it. See, and then cool. I do the same thing. And then I will not buy from the malt miller generally unless oh. my order is going to be 100 quid. Yeah, see. Because and I want to get that delivery. free delivery. <laughs> I want to save that eight quid. Do, do you know what I do? I, see, for the free delivery, I'll end up, you know, order what I need sort of thing. You go, And oh, then extra. I'll just, oh, I'll chuck that in sort of thing. Yeah. Mm. We've all been there. We've all. Oh, been... yeah. oh, but that that sounds like a good system. One thing that I did want to mention on this podcast, because this is going to get zero fucking editing. I'm literally really? just going to stitch this together on an MP3 and upload it tomorrow. <laughs> um, the one thing that I do want to mention is I have discovered a new brand of yeast. Right. Okay. And I want everybody to know this because I am an imperial yeast boy. Okay, oh, yeah. I will ride the imperial yeast dick until I shoot my load. I will. However, WGC yeast in Newcastle, two hundred and fifty billion cells. Got got to beat those imperial boys. <laughs> and they have all of the quike strains. So I've got, I have literally got Uber Quike, however you pronounce it, I don't know, Johnny Birkeland will probably correct me on that one, which brews lagers at 35 degrees in 51 hours. (laughs) Okay? And you can buy that stuff from the malt miller. That is the fucking shit, that yeast. How much? I think they're eight quid. Which is the same price as Imperial. What do you do? Do you see your yeasts, your liquids? Are you single use? Are you, are no, you man. spinning them out? I will bring this down again to the fact that I'm from Yorkshire. Good man. So what I'll do is, uh, if you go back to the yeast episode on the podcast, you've probably heard this one before. So I will pitch, and if I'm pitching quite, I'll pitch half a pack, a quarter of a pack yeah. maybe. The rest of it will go into a starter. Right, and then from the packet that's left, I will scrape the sides and slant, and then I will rinse the pack with DME and put another starter on. Yep. Because me and my friend Santi, 
when we buy a yeast, we both want to profit from that yeast. Yeah. So I'll make a second starter, grow it up, bung it in a kilner jar, and then drop it over at Santi's house. <laughs> so he'll get the yeast that I've got, and when he has a yeast, because oh, he's nice. because he's not actually at the point where he yeast can do clubs. the slanting and everything himself, yep. I'll nip over just after he's pitched it and basically closed it shut with a couple of clothes pegs, come back home and instantly slant it, make yep. a starter, bung it on, stick it in a jar. So you, you're slanting that, because i seen Tricky do this, he's basically got a kind of yeast bank from slants, is that yeah, what you're yeah. doing, and freezing oh, these things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd, you can see this this fridge just behind me, Yeah. okay? If I move this bag out of the way, I don't know if you can see it, I mean, I'll move the camera for you. It's not very good for a podcast, this, but you see all the slants that are in that jar? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right, well, down here, yeah. right? These are all my slants as well. So this one is WLP820, the Marzen yeast. Bloody hell. Alright, so I've got that on a slant. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's kept in my fridge and it's kept at exactly 3 degrees. I've got a uh, an STC1000 controlling the temperature of that fridge to maintain that 3 degrees because I know that that's where my yeast are going to be perfect at. Yep. So, um, yeah, don't don't be tempted to do anything other than slant your yeast. Be tight. Be a true Scotsman. So, do, do you want to know what I do? Mine, I don't know if you've seen, but basically I I harvest my yeast. So, I harvest it from the cone, because I've got a conical, right? So, I harvest it, put it in a jar, and then literally I chuck it into the top shelf of my fridge. And then I try and get, like, I don't know, three or four uses out of it and what i'll do is i'll just three or four you amateur i know i had 27 (laughs) brews out the first pack of um voss quike that i ever bought superb but it's one of the things if you listen to the yeast podcast i know we're completely away from all in one electric brewing at the minute this is just me and andy having a chat we're just um if you are careful and you slant appropriately because I always do six slants, okay. Mm-hmm. Always do six slants. Two go to Santi, four stay in my fridge. Yep. And then I will slant from a slant. Yep. So I will perpetuate this. St- I've still got Chico in there, and I think I bought that Chico strain WLP 001. I think I bought it about two and a half years ago, <laughs> and it's still in my fridge. Still going. Um. So I will buy a yeast once, and then I've got it, and I ain't getting rid of it. It's in, it's in your yeast bank. So I can move from strain to strain quite happily. Slanting's dead easy. Follow Tricky's video. He did a really good video, to be fair to him. Uh, it's not that difficult. The only yeah. thing that you need to make sure you do, which Tricky didn't sort of specify in his video, was... Um, when you finished the uh, pressure cooker step... Of basically sterilizing the agar with the the DME agar mm-hmm. is do not try and vent. Just let it cool naturally, otherwise you'll end up with fucking agar all over the inside of Jeez your old. pressure cooker. Um, but yeah, that that method that he's actually got on his video is one of the best videos I've ever seen for slanting yeast. Right, okay. Give it a go. Don't be scared. Don't be scared, <laughs> homie. Just get it done. So yeah. Um, 
as far as the actual podcast goes, I think we're about done. Um, one thing that I will ask you to do, Andy, is yep. register up on the hopedition.uk. I'll give you editor rights, and I want you to write a post on there, a blog post, detailing what you need and all the other bits and bobs that go along with setting up your own electric brewery using craft beer pie. Do you fancy doing that? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, so cool. log on. The hopedition.uk, guys. Um, there's not a lot of content on there at the minute other than the podcasts. But I've got like four or five brew days which I need to put up there with recipes for you guys to check out. Um, things like that need to go up there and any other articles that people who've registered up feel the need to share. If you want to share a brew day and you've got a little video, feel free to post it on the Hop Edition. We're all good. There's unlimited bandwidth on that website, so go mad. Um, so here, here's a question, right? Because I've been a listener to this podcast and I always feel it's quite how how do I you know, how do we get a chat? And you always say, Oh, just post it on YouTube or something. But see your could you not like see your Facebook you know you've got a Facebook page for this. You should put the podcast link the podcast on there and then that gives a chat box for people to ask oh, questions. Do you have any idea how shit I am with Facebook? That that would be so good. Right, I could because I'm always like, oh, I want to talk about this, but then it's like, oh, how do I find where the chat is for this well, I podcast? I tell you what, I will do from now. I will, well, tomorrow because my daughter's back at nursery tomorrow. Thank God, I don't have to deal with a two-year-old crotch fruit. Yeah. Um, I will tomorrow log on to the Hop Edition Facebook page. Yeah. And I will post links to all the previous episodes. Will that make you feel good? That, that would make me feel very, very good. Yeah, yeah. you and your beard. Yeah. Um, so I will post links to all of the previous episodes so that you guys can log on there, you can have a look, you can post any questions that you've got, because the next episode that I want to do of this podcast, I am hoping to God that Tricky has recovered from his crotch fruit and house moving issues. Andy's shaking his head, it's not going to happen. Um... I would like a Q&A episode. So any questions that you've got for me and the Trickster or whoever else I get on as a guest on this podcast, we're going to answer your questions. So any question that you have, leave out anything to do with the size of my dick because it's too small to measure. Leave out anything to do with um, anything personal. We don't want any personal questions obviously stuff about when we started brewing all that kind of stuff what was the first beer that we did all that sort of shit yeah that's fine go for that but you know the personal shit we no i'm not answering that okay it's two and a half inches long and my missus is very happy because it's nine inches wide but the whole thing just post the issues up we'll I'll post the questions up rather and we will talk about them me and tricky i'm gonna drag him back to his microphone even if I have to drive to Bedford, kick him in the bollocks and drag him into his own shed. I'm gonna drag him back, we're gonna do a we're gonna do a QA episode and everybody's gonna be happy. But I before we go, Andy's sitting there and he's he's smiling at me and that's a wonderful thing. Thank you for being a part of this podcast, Andy. Yeah, no, I, thanks very much for having me because it's I awesome. greatly appreciate it. Yep. No, I've I've really enjoyed see the last ten episodes that you guys have done. They've been amazing. It's it's great. You can just sit and chill out and just listen to you guys ranting on about awesome stuff. So, yeah. And the bottom line is, we've not killed any dogs yet. Well, that's a bonus. Because people walk their dogs while they're listening to these podcasts. 
and no dogs have died during the making of this podcast yet. <laughs> Although I'm pretty sure there were a couple that were fucking close during the water chemistry one. Um, but that that we love making this podcast. We love talking about brewing. Me and Tricky, I've got the scientific background. Tricky's got the experience. Yeah. We're pulling an episode. We're pulling in guest podcasters like Andy. There's a couple of other guys who I've got in mind who I want to bring in. I want to do podcasts with those guys as well. And it's just nice to be able to give something back to the to the brewing community, which gives everybody so much. Okay? The brewing community is one of the most inclusive communities I have ever met in my life. I have never seen a racist post on a brewing community Facebook group. I've never seen anybody turn around and go, no, you're black. We're not having anything to do with that. Okay? There is no fucking racism in brewery. Beers come in all colours, and so do people. Respect it. And this whole thing is just one of those things where I just want everybody to understand that we love giving what we give back to the brewing community. We've all asked stupid questions. We've all posted stupid pictures. And the ability for everybody within the brewing community to be that one, that, that, that centric point of information dispersal there are some brewing groups out there that are just arseholes and there are some brewers out there that are just arseholes but the brewing community filters its own Mm -hmm. and that is a wonderful thing as far as i'm concerned what do you reckon andy i reckon that brewtube has been amazing i think what tricky's been doing with the live brew days has been fantastic you get to meet other brewers and chat and I've really got to know quite a lot of the guys through that, which has been really, really good. I almost feel it is a total community. It is. It's. It is. It's really nice because then you can you can start calling people like your friend, which yeah. is kind of weird. But you've never you know, met them. You've never met them, but you know, you're sending each other beer, which is always <laughs> good. That's the thing about it. It is a sharing community as well. I mean. Yeah. Andy's just recommended the Air Brewing Company. I'm going to buy some of their beers. I've recommended Wild Child to him. He's probably going to buy some of their beers. There's breweries all over the country that need your support during this rough, rough time. Listen to your friends and listen to what they recommend. I went to Morrison's and I bought an Omnipolo beer and Andy bigged it up. And I wound him up saying, ah, fuck it, it's bullshit. Was that the bad... Brewing Co. or something like that. The Omnipolo, yeah, uh, yeah. The Bad Brewing Company. You said bad it was brewing. awesome. Yeah. I gave him shit on the brew oh. day. And then next thing in the net, I was listening to the podcast and he's like, oh, this this uh, milkshake IPA by Bad Brewing Co. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. I was like, you prick. You fucking <laughs> slated me for that. And you're loving it. It was so, fucking ace, mate. Do you want to know how good it was, Andy? I went back yeah. to Morrison's and bought six cans. Nice. That's the thing. Yeah. Somebody will recommend you a beer and you go and try it and all of a sudden it's amazing. And I'm gushing and we've had 10 minutes of bullshit at the end of this yep. episode. If you want information on how to brew, build your own electric all-in-one brewing system or your own electric three-vessel brewing system using craft beer pie, message Andy because I know yeah. fuck all. Check and out my YouTube. <laughs> check out yeah, my check, YouTube videos. Check out Andrew his YouTube. Lynch. <laughs> yeah, t- no, say yeah. it, do it. Pimp your YouTube, pimp yeah, it, pimp it. YouTube, yeah. By the way, so I don't know if you know, but I've just hit 400 subscribers, which is insane. <laughs> yeah, I so had bit, eight. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> but 
the, 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 my original videos are a bit rough and a bit, uh, yeah, that kind of thing. But the content's getting better and I'm enjoying it. It's good fun. So, oh, he's he's having a... <laughs> he's dying there. Fucking hell, that, that e-cig is smooth. Oh, <clears throat> but yeah, so, yeah, the YouTube is awesome. There's loads of guys out there. Tricky's probably one of the the main ones as well, isn't he? That's putting out amazing videos, and there's a whole load of other YouTubers that that you know I love watching. And there are some fantastic guys on oh. YouTube, and I would heartily recommend it. If you want to progress your brewing, there are a lot of people that you can watch. Uh, Tricky's a good one. Johnny Birkeland is a good one. Uh, some of Andy's videos are amazing as well, especially if you want to go down the electric broom route. Yeah. Um, who else does really good videos on YouTube? Oh, I love um, Big Banana. Big Banana's just hilarious. He just Steve's just a mentalist, though, isn't he? Oh, he's so good, though. It's he's just a, funny. He, he just does these crazy thought-up, you know, vision dream things. You know, he just and uh, oh, like you're getting free much. publicity out of this, guys. You better be fucking subscribers. <laughs> um, there's there's a lot of people out there that are just amazing. Check out BrewTube on on Facebook. Yeah. They're really really awesome. If you want any information about brewing your own, uh, about building your own all in one electric brewing system or even a three vessel, speak to Andy. Speak yep. to Matt Callaby. Yeah, uh, I'll try and answer what I can. Yeah. But go for it. Don't be scared, homie. Yeah, it's good. Good fun. Yeah, there we go. So. That's episode 11, over and done with. Uh, 15 minutes of bullshit at the end, which is standard for me and Tricky. Um, and don't brew any more Neepers, guys. Move to Marzens and Alt Beers. Yep. And Wheat Beers. And Bitters. Brew some Bitters. For God's and, sake, brew some Bitters. Yeah, definitely. There we go. So, I'm going to end this podcast right here, right now. Look forward to episode 12. I've no idea what it's going to contain. But I'm hoping to God it's going to be uh, one with me and Tricky where we're answering all your questions. So check us out. The Hop Edition on Facebook, thehopedition.uk. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. We're everywhere that good podcasts are. And Andy's got a beard and his brewery is the High Road Brewery. So check him out as well. Cheers. And other than that, take it easy, guys, and we will see you soon.